hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast. It's part of the Informed Traveler radio show, heard each week on Chorus Radio. And it's a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. We've got a bit of an outdoor theme for our podcast this week. In a few moments, we'll talk about reconnection travel. The folks at G Adventures recently came out with a survey showing people are looking to reconnect when it comes to their next travel excursion. Not just with other people, but reconnecting with nature and with themselves. So we'll talk with the founder of G-Adventures, Bruce Poon-Tip, about that survey in a few minutes. Then we'll learn about a new booking site geared for the outdoors called Hip Camp, where you can find just about any kind of outdoor accommodation, whether it involves camping, RVing, or glamping. And if you're looking for an outdoor adventure in a tropical paradise... Later in the podcast, we'll head to the Caribbean island of Dominica, also known as the Nature Island. But as I mentioned, we're going to start things out talking about reconnection travel. The folks at G-Adventures recently came out with a survey showing that people are looking to reconnect when it comes to their next travel excursion. So here to explain the concept of reconnection travel and the survey itself is the founder of G-Adventures, Bruce Poon-Tip. Their website is gadventures.com. Hi, Bruce. How you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Let's talk about reconnection travel. How would you define reconnection travel? Uh, It's about people just uh, um, connecting when they travel, being more connected to destinations. Um, I think just before COVID, I think more people were attracted to amenities and services as opposed to destinations. And I think coming out of COVID, more and more people want to be connected to the places they're going. Mm-hmm. And not just to, about people, but connecting to the planet and connecting, almost connecting to themselves, too, in a personal wellness kind of way. That's kind of what your survey found, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. 94% of our travelers said that, um, you know, well-being and mental health were one of the key drivers of making a decision. But there's also a disconnecting side. It's 23% social, um, socializing is really important to them. But there was a, also 55% wanted to disconnect from um, devices and social media. So <laughs> it's a bit of both. So disconnecting from life and connecting on holidays. That's yeah, what, kind uh, of on a, on a more personal level. I did find the stat of 55% wanting to disconnect from their devices. Not surprisingly, but it's almost like a contradiction because it seems to me there's more and more apps for travel nowadays that people either are using or almost need to use. So it's kind of a contradiction. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's more the social media and being, and now work is so mobile because we've been working from home. We've learned to work more, uh, more remotely. So mm-hmm. I think it's more that because you're right. I mean, your phone can be so useful while you travel as well, but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, 66% of travelers said the, uh, their physical and mental well-being is a top consideration. I, I think there's no surprise there either. Actually, I'm surprised the, how low the number is. I thought it'd be a lot higher. Yeah, I mean, but it's funny. It is new, though. I mean, people never thought of that before Mm -hmm. on holidays because people were motivated in different ways to choose a holiday, whether it was just burn up holiday time or a good deal or a good price. But right now, people are really connected to wanting to, you know, for their for their own mental health, well-being, and just be more connected to why they why they travel. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good point. I never really thought of it that way. Uh, and obviously, being uh, locked down, for lack of a better word, uh, last 18 months probably uh, boosted those numbers, right? Yeah. I mean, more, yeah, well, people want to get out. But I think it's, you know, if you're going to travel, like we haven't got this the virus under control. So if you're going to travel, it's going to have to be important to you. And there will be inherent risks in the short term. 
but people are willing to make you know take those risks for their own health and well-being and you know take the necessary precautions so mm-hmm. it just people are just more mindful and more purposeful in why they want to go and i think that was just very different than uh, prior to all of the lockdowns and people are also uh, according to your survey looking to be more physically active but also uh, get more rest and relaxation Yes. I mean, relaxation and rest has always been a big part of holidays, and it's a push and pull for us in in the active holiday business. Um, But yeah, people are exhausted. I mean, we're all tired, even though we've been, you know, in our homes and less socializing and and, and working remotely. You would think that that's more rest, but it's actually very stressful. It's Mm -hmm. much more stressful on people and just in a very different way. And so people, you know, want are exhausted and they want to get away and they just want to, you know, find themselves again. It kind of goes hand in hand with putting away their devices and getting away from the social media. I, 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 I would venture to guess most people don't realize how tired they are until they do all that, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, sometimes you just have to stop to realize how fast you're going. And that's really what I think one of the best things for travel that happened during this pandemic. Like we were all running 90 miles an hour. We're all going, going, going. But when you're just forced to stop, you realize just how exhausting living was, you know, just exhausting your schedule was. And because we've got an opportunity on the other side of this to relook at everything and we look how we live our lives, but we look at how we view mental health, but also how we look at our holiday time and how we, you know, what money we spend on health and well-being. I'm going to res- assume that these results are helpful in how G Adventures plans and, and markets your tours. Is that correct? Yeah, it's, I mean, we're looking at everything because the consumers are so different right now, what their, what their needs are what they want, but also their openness for anything. I mean, in my 31 years of being in this industry and running G-Ventures, I've never seen such openness in travelers. I mean, as, as operators, we spend all of our time bending over backwards to please customers, to delivering what we promised, but the mindset is just different right now. People are <laughs> so open, willing, they're eager to travel, and willing to do anything to get out, back out there on the road. Well, you got your work cut out for you. Uh, Bruce Poontip is the founder of G Adventures. You can find all kinds of information and tours and places to go on their website, gadventures.com. I appreciate your time, Bruce. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, if you're like me and you like being in the outdoors and the thought of sleeping under the stars, so to speak, intrigues you, but you don't have a tent or the equipment or an RV or any of that stuff, there's a new booking website available to help you find your perfect outdoor stay. It's called Hip Camp, and the general manager for Canada for Hip Camp is Teg Singh Beatty. The website is hipcamp.com. Hi, Teg. Hi, Randy. Thank Tell you me for having me here. Yeah, well, I'm excited to learn about this. Tell me about Hip Camp and what it is. Hip Camp is the world's largest provider of outdoor stays, and we really make that happen through our extensive network of private landowners who open up their properties, whether they be farms, um, cottages, ranches, wineries, and they open those properties up to tent camping, also RV camping. Um, And another category that we're seeing grow really extensively over the last couple of years is just glamping, which is um, different forms of camping that don't require as much equipment and and have a lot of amenities provided. So things like yurts and, you know, canvas tents, tree houses, cabins, bunkies, 
um, all of the like. So our mission is to get more people outside, and we make that happen through this extensive availability of making outdoor stays available to the public. Well, you mentioned glamping. That is my kind of camping because I'm lazy, and, <laughs> and I'm really not that experienced campers. But but I guess that's for everybody, right? If you're not experienced, that's okay. And if you are, that's okay too. You can pretty much kind of pick and choose whatever you want is the way I understand it. Totally. Like, like I mentioned, mentioned, our mission is to get more people outside. And we recognize that a lot of people enjoy tent camping, uh, but we also want to make sure that we have uh, avenues for folks that are not uh, the typical backcountry enthusiasts um, and, and, you know, still want to enjoy nature. And we think uh, glamping, uh, like I said, it covers a, a huge spectrum of types of properties, is also included in there. And, and we're seeing a lot of growth in uh, demand for glamping, uh, especially through the pandemic. You know, we know Canadians have been indoors for much of the pandemic and uh, recreating outside and going back to nature is really one of the most safest forms of recreating uh, through the pandemic. So we're seeing tremendous demand for, for glamping all through Canada. Uh, is it fair to say it's kind of like an Airbnb of camping? camping? Well, uh, you know, what we like to uh, say is that we are the world's largest provider of outdoor stays. Um, we, I think there's other um, similar uh, platforms, mm-hmm. right, like that, that solve similar purposes for other things as well. And mm-hmm. the company you mentioned, Airbnb, has done a massive job in terms of getting people to, um, you know, the, getting people used to the shared economy. So I think like uh, to that extent, yes, we are part of the shared economy. However, uh, you know, we focus very much on our hosts and, um, you know, really bringing rural economies back into the into the fore. So I'd say that's where that's where we see, um, you know, us add a lot of value is really bringing money back into rural economies through enabling rural hosts to open up their lands, um, you know, to folks that are looking for camping and glamping adventures. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of land out there, so <laughs> you've got a lot to choose from. So what are the advantages for the hosts, for example? Yeah, absolutely. So what we find is, you know, one, in many cases, landowners are just really, really excited about sharing in their land with, uh, with, with others in their community. And they haven't traditionally had the opportunity to do so. Um, and we see that many people have, you know, lots of land, much of it is um, either not used or difficult to maintain. And by giving them the opportunity to share it with others, right, like there's certainly like them inviting the community in to mm-hmm. experience all of this land that they wouldn't be able to. But then they can also get like a steady um, additional revenue stream um, for hosts who you know may want to conserve their land. In most cases, we see that they want to keep it wild and they only want to develop part of it. Um, and, and really... It helps forward this um, um, objective of theirs of land stewardship. Um, we also see that um, you know hosts sometimes have uh, um, questions around uh, you know how much they might be able to earn, what type of um, facilities HipCamp provides. Mm-hmm. So you know I'd just like to address that too that we have you know through the HipCamp app as well as the website a very intuitive booking platform. Um, for for folks, we we offer them you know seamless billing, this twenty four seven customer support uh, by HipCamp support team, and also very importantly, all hosts 
who hosts on HIPCAMP are eligible for HIPCAMP's liability insurance policy, um, which protects hosts up to a million dollars, you know, just in case something were to happen if they were um, hosting campers at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, However, we see, like I said, the, the, the big benefit here is really just about being able to share in their land. As you mentioned, you know, it's, uh, a lot of land um, in our country is privately owned, and uh, you know normally it's just closed to folks that um, that have access to it. And I think in this case, we find that many private landowners are just really happy to be able to share in their land with other people, um, and then you know being able to get a, a separate revenue stream while doing so, which just helps them maintain their properties and, and pay their taxes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, and you did mention uh, liability and insurance. I think that's probably the number one question that comes up on both sides, does it not? Um, it, it, well, it's, it is one of the popular questions, but I do think that, um, uh, you know, sharing economy co- companies that have come before us have really helped folks understand mm-hmm. um, and and clarify how, um, you know, assets can be shared in a, uh, you know, in a responsible and respectful manner. Uh, so the, the insurance policy exists more as a backstop, right? Like we hardly see um, any instances where, where, where it actually has to be used. Mm-hmm. However, I think it just provides a really strong degree of comfort to both, both hosts and campers uh, to know that they're, they're covered in case something were to happen. Uh, you mentioned this worldwide uh, on the site that I'm looking at. It's kind of focused on Canada, but uh, where else in the world? I'm just curious. Sure. HipCamp was born in California. Uh, Alyssa Ravazio, who's our CEO, was is from California, and really that's where it started. And through uh, 2013 is when HipCamp started, and through the last several years, we've expanded all through the U.S. A couple of years ago, we launched in Australia. Um, and then Canada has been our third country where we've launched. So we're currently live in Australia, Canada, and the U.S. Uh, you know, but in each market, we have a local team and we have local hosts, so very much a local business in each market. Mm-hmm. However, we are increasing our global scope. So as I mentioned, we're in three countries today and hope to be in several more in the coming, coming months and years. Mm-hmm. Well, and for the uh, HipCamp users... I'm just going to use myself as an example. I have no camping equipment. I don't have an RV or anything like that. But I think it would be great to be in the outdoors. So this is perfect, right? If I, and, and no matter what I'm looking for, if I do want to just be at a campsite or if I want to be in a bigger RV uh, or do the clamp, glamping thing, I can do that. And especially if you want to go outside, like you said, into the U.S. areas, you wouldn't even think of camping because you don't want to haul an RV down into the U.S. or anything like that. Absolutely. Totally. And that's what we, 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 we claim to offer, right? Like we have something for everyone, whether you're a first time booker looking for a glamping opportunity or a seasoned explorer looking for a remote and rugged stay. You know, HipCamp has an outdoor stay for you. Um, and in addition, one of the really uh, cool things that we have on the platform is because all of our properties are hosted by, you know, hosts um, who are uh, landowners themselves, mm-hmm. many of them offer a really fantastic lineup of extras in addition to the accommodation or the camping experience, right? So examples of that are, you know, fishing at the at the nearest watering hole, um, to horseback riding, to mud baths, farm-sourced meals, um, you know, and, and being able to go uh, strawberry picking at, uh, at a strawberry farm. Mm-hmm. So there's all of these extras that tie in uh, into the experience in addition to the accommodation. 
um, which are really, really unique to Hipcamp itself. And as I mentioned, hosts are normally incredibly passionate about these activities that they um, you know, normally are doing either by themselves or with close family and friends, and are now able to open them up to, to others as well. So we see um, you know, that, that, that's just been really, um, we've seen a lot of growth in that, that category as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, the website is hipcamp.com. You can go on there and find just about anything you're looking for to be in the outdoors. I know winter is coming, but uh, how far in advance? Can I book for next year already? Uh, yes. In many cases, you should be able to book up to 12 months in advance. However, we, we um, you know, let hosts decide how, how far in advance they'd like to take bookings. Um, also, we are you know, going to have several options uh, for outdoor accommodation in the fall and winter as well. Mm. So that's not just winter camping, but we will have a bunch of um, winterized camping structures as well. As I mentioned, ca- uh, you know, cabins and, and bunkies and, um, um, uh, and yurts that will be winterized. And in addition to experiences as well, you know, so, so look out for uh, the opportunities to go cross-country skiing, or snowshoeing on private properties in Canada uh, through the winter as well. We're very excited to have those extras and experiences uh, being offered by our hosts. Oh, for sure. Tag Singh Beatty is uh, the general manager for Canada for Hip Camp. The website, again, is hipcamp.com. It was uh, fun chatting with you, Tag. Thanks so much. Thank you very much for having me. Have a great day. Nature is what you're looking for in a tropical paradise. You might want to look at traveling to Dominica. It's a beautiful island located in the Caribbean. So to tell us more about it is Colin Piper. He is the CEO and Director of Tourism for Dominica. Their website is discoverdominica.com. Hi, Colin. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Uh, It's been a long time since I've been to Dominica. Uh, But... uh, before we start, talk about uh, all the fun things to see and do in Dominica, how's the pandemic affected tourism uh, in Dominica? I kind of know the answer to this already, but uh, maybe explain. Yeah, well, as you can imagine, it's uh, impacted Dominica just as it has impacted all the other countries globally. You know, I mean, the tourism industry is uh, bearing the brunt of this, taking a huge hit and Dominica is no different. So, I mean, our tourism stakeholders, uh, troopers as they are, are really feeling the squeeze. Um, but we're hopeful that uh, there is an end to this sometime soon. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about some things that we're doing that uh, mitigate some of the uh, the health issues and still make it possible for you to visit Dominica even during these times. Yeah, your website does a very good job of spelling out the protocols, the COVID protocols, if you're traveling to Dominica. You can touch on it. I mean, we don't have to dive into too many uh, details, but basically, if, you, if you're vaccinated and have all the paperwork, uh, you're good to go. Absolutely. And uh, what I really wanted to focus on is our Safe in Nature program, which um, we put into place from the very onset of, uh, of uh, covid and that is a series of trainings and um, certifications that have gone on with specific individuals, um, tourism service providers, properties. And um, the Safe in Nature Managed Experience in particular offers all guests the opportunity to have on property 
or land-based off-property or water-based off-property activities. So whether you come fully vaccinated, um, um, you are free to roam uh, once you're medically cleared. If you are unvaccinated, then you go through a quarantine period. But the Safe in Nature program still allows you to navigate the, the, the island on some predetermined excursion so that you can have a wonderful time and a wonderful experience on Dominica. Mm-hmm. Well, for those who have never heard of Dominica, first of all, it's pronounced Dominica, not Dominica. <laughs> so we'll get that cleared Absolutely. up. I'm sure that you Absolutely. get that a lot. Uh, and it's known as the nature island and for good reason, right? Yes, yes, for sure. I mean, you know, um, 66% of our uh, topography is almost oceanic uh, rainforest. And so uh, that's what the good Lord has uh, has blessed us with. And while here on Dominica, you can do a lot of things with nature. You know, the adventure part of it, obviously, is to walk and hike and dive it, uh, you know. And, of course, uh, from a cultural perspective, there's a lot of history and cultural patrimony that goes along with that. We have the, the largest um, um, population of the first indigenous people on uh, of the Caribbean, the Carib Indians, as they're more popularly known and more recently being uh, called the Kalinago. Uh, they're here on Dominica. And the uh, fact that we are between two French overseas departments, Guadeloupe and Martinique, uh, so that's a geography a lesson for a lot of your listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have that Creole, uh, that Francophonie aspect to us, although we're English-speaking, uh, we have that Creole aspect. So it makes coming to Dominica are just a rich blend of experiences, you know, not to mention the wholesome foods that you can do because we're a volcanic island, so anything you throw into the soil grows, you know. So just a wonderful experience, you know, and um, being one with nature and being nature island of the Caribbean, it's the perfect remedy and antidote to, you know, all the stresses that people have been uh, going through as a result of these, of this, of these COVID uh, times. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, th- it is such a unique island. Like if people have been to other Caribbean islands and they, you know, kind of brush it off, oh, it's just like another Caribbean. It's not. It is totally different from some of the other islands, isn't it? It is. It is. And that stems from the geography and kind of the makeup of the island. It's uh, probably one of the tallest islands in the Caribbean, you know, so there's a, there's a high ridge going through the spine of Dominica, which is longer than it is wider. Um, and, you know, the indigenous name for Dominica is Waitukubuli, which means tall is her body. So you land on the West Coast, you know, um, you know, if you come by sea and you come into the island on the West Coast, you go up till, you know, you hit the interior, and then you start going back down until you hit the East Coast. So it's a very mountainous island, you know, and so a, a lot to see and do. Uh, very natural and so very green. You know, we sometimes boast of a thousand shades of green. You know, so most people go to the Caribbean for suntan and see, but we add rainforest to that in Dominica, and that really makes it unique. Mm-hmm. Plus the culture of the people, you know, the friendliest people in the in the world. Give me some highlights and uh, must-see things to do uh, when visiting Dominica so I don't miss out. Be my tour guide for a few minutes here. <laughs> Sure. Well, I mean, you know, we have the second largest Boylan Lake in the in the world. So a hike to the Boylan Lake is probably one of the main things that you would want to do. Um, you know, we claim 365 rivers, um, you know, so you want to do something with the water on the interior, whether it's a waterfall of which we have so many of them. 
Um, you know, so that's one of the things you would want to do. We have over 300 miles of hiking trails, so you definitely want to hike or trek. Uh, we have the Waitakubuli National Trail, which is a uh, the longest um, hiking trail in the Caribbean. It goes from uh, the north of the island to the south of the island, 14 segments. That's 115 miles or 184 kilometers. So depending on on whether on on your abilities, you can pick the suit. You know, um, our diving is top five in the Caribbean. So scuba diving, snorkeling, um, those sorts of things are wonderful. Uh, we're the whale watching capital of the Caribbean. Uh, we have a resident population of sperm whales just off our coastline. So definitely, if you want to come see uh, sperm whales, you can come to Dominica. The sighting for that is, you know, 85 to 90 percent of the time. And we are, in fact, also the, um, the the hot spring capital of the of the Caribbean. You know, so the village of Wharton Waven, in particular, has just a lot of uh, hot springs. So you can be one with nature and. Uh, and um, enjoy that sort of uh, sulfur hot spring bath as well. So I don't think I need to go on. I think you're <laughs> not, not to mention the people, of course, friendly people, the culture, the food, you know, so we could just keep going on and on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, time is our enemy here. So let's talk a little bit about yeah. the accommodations. Uh, lots of uh, different types of accommodations. Again, you can find that information on your website is discoverdominica.com. But just touch on that a little bit. Yeah, so we've got budget, we've got economy, and we've got luxury. Um, that's kind of the new, the newest product to Dominica is the luxury classification. We have the Kempinski, which is a, a European uh, brand. Uh, we have Jungle Bay, which is a local brand, and we have Secret Bay, which is a local brand. And uh, in the next two years or so, we'll be having Marriott and Hilton. So if um, going with uh, tried, true, and proven is what you want to do, we offer that option. But if you also also want to go with a smaller family-run kind of boutique property, you can do that, and you can take a look at our at our website mm-hmm. and uh, get some more information on that. Well, it sounds like there's lots of new things happening too. You got a new airport coming as well. Yes, yes, uh, we have begun the process of um, of building an international airport, which should uh, hopefully before 24 or 25 be ready. But in the meantime, um, you know, you access Dominica by uh, either connecting through one of our Caribbean hubs, you know, San Juan, Antigua, Barbados, uh, Guadeloupe, St. Lucia, you know, so find a flight from your origin city into one of those hubs and then connect with a regional airline. Or as of December 8th, what you'll be able to do is fly into Miami International and connect with American Airlines, who will now begin a twice-weekly direct flight uh, between Miami and Dominica. That'll be on Saturdays and Wednesdays. So you have a couple options depending on uh, on how you wish to travel. If you want to do a multi-destination to one of the other islands, and fly direct to there, spend two, three, four days, then take an hour flight, no longer than an hour flight into Dominica. Mm-hmm. So just a just a, a lot of different options, but uh, certainly visiting Dominica ought to be one of them. Ought uh, to be on your bucket list. What's some of the foods i got to try? We only have about a minute, so... Sure, I mean, you know, we have a lot of indigenous foods, and, and as I mentioned, because of that uh, francophonie aspect, we do a lot of Creole foods, but your staples are ground, ground provisions, a lot of fish, you know, uh, done in in a Creole style, so um, these are some of the things that you should um, um, you should sample. As I mentioned, you can have a great wholesome um, um, diet while you're here. 
and we do also offer other regional um, staples as well as international staples. Um, but the local stuff is what you need to your 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 one pots, your broths, your soups, these sorts of things, and uh, and then your your standard rice uh, provisions, you know, chicken or fish uh, done in uh, you know in, uh, Dominican style with lots of herbs and seasonings. It sounds fantastic. Uh, DiscoverDominica.com is the website, and Colin Piper is the CEO and Director of Tourism for Dominica. It was a pleasure chatting with you, uh, Colin. Thanks for taking the time out. Thanks for having us. All the best, right? And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveler radio show heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website at theinformedtraveler.ca. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. And if you want to drop me a line, my email is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler. Or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.